Great to have you with us here. Happy Sunday, Marlins Nation. Thanks for winding with us. Steven Strom here. Marlins win 4-3 to three against the Pittsburgh Pirates. As always, for your recap, here's a radio voice of your Miami Marlins, Kyle Seeloff. Well, with his first ever walk-off victory in the big leagues, John Birdie in the bottom of the 11th inning since 24,668 home happy at Lone Depot Park this afternoon. As the Miami Marlins put the finishing touches on their fourth walk-off win of the season, John Birdie the hero with an RBI single in the bottom of the 11th inning that played to Joey Wendell. And the Miami Marlins now have a two games to one series lead over the Pittsburgh Pirates this weekend. They beat them four to three in 11 today. This is the 10th inning show with Jeff Nelson. I'm Kyle Seeloff. And Nelly, I'd like to go right to the bottom of the 11th. I'm still at a bit of a loss the way that the Pirates played it. With Wendell at second base, Nick Fortes drops down as that first ever sack bunt. The ball was maybe a, a foot out in front of the plate. I thought Jason DeLay will start here, easily had a play on Wendell at third. He did because Joey Wendell did not get a great jump off of second base. And it was only maybe two feet, three feet out in front of the plate and actually spun back. And as a catcher, your first instinct is trying to get the lead runner. Right. And anything that is poorly bunted, it has to almost get close to that grass when it goes out towards the field. When you can go or you won't be able to go to third, you have to go to first. I think that was poorly played. And the next thing you know, yes, you do get the out. And I understand, hey, the, the most important thing is to get it out there. But you had the lead runner in Joey Wendell at third, and they chose not to go there. Okay, and then with the runner at third with one out, I would have walked birdie in a rise, loaded the bases with one out. you got to force out anywhere, and I would have preferred to take my chances with Jonathan Davis as opposed to birdie or a rise. I'm a bit of at a loss there as well. Nelly. No, you're, you're absolutely right, and I've seen teams do this that they, you know, with one out, you have the winning run at third. They choose to go ahead and pitch to that hitter. You know, they felt like, okay, Joey, when, uh, you know, John birdie rather, uh, was an easier choice rather than load the bases. Uh, you have Perdomo only making his 10th appearance of the year, so you're expecting him to try to get a strikeout. You have a guy in Perdomo that throws, what, close to 70% fastball, so yeah. you know you're going to see a fastball and it would have to be down in order to be, get a ground ball. So I would agree. Solaire was out of the game. You had it set up perfectly that you walk birdie, you walk a rise, you're not pitching to him, and there's a force out at any base. I don't know if you would have turned two if you got the ground ball on Davis because he, run well, run, he runs well, but you would have had the force out at home. So I think that whole entire bottom of the 11th was poorly played by the Pirates. I think it's interesting. Marlins were 34-0 and leading after eight innings until yesterday. They're 34-1 after last night. They're 34-2 today. Pirates got a run in the eighth. They chipped away. Marlins should have had this puppy one in the ninth inning. The count was nothing and two on Henry Davis with two outs and nobody on. He draws a walk, and then Jason DeLay plates him with a double down the left field line. But you know what, Nelly? I mean, I, I don't know where this thing's ultimately going to end up for the Marlins, but they sure have been resilient this season. They could have rolled over in this one. That would have stunk. Yeah, I mean, you look at yesterday's game. They score one run, uh, and they actually scored three all the way up until you, you look at the extra innings where you had the place runner at second base. Yeah. So it's a little easier scoring that run. So offensively, it hasn't been there. The starters, the starters in this series, well, actually both sides, you look at the Pirates and also the Marlins, have been outstanding. But the Marlins starters have been outstanding. You had a great start by Lazardo, an outstanding 
start by Braxton Garrett. And then Brian Hoeing going five innings, no hit ball. He did walk three, struck out two. But the starters have really set the tone for the thir- first three games here. And hopefully that will happen again tomorrow with Iori Perez. I think it's important to talk about another individual real quick. Andrew Nardi, uh, he coughed it up on Thursday. That's tough. And he comes out here today, and he punches out the side with the placed runner at second base in the 11th, and that's what allowed the Marlins to win this ball game. Yeah, and you know what? I like in that last hitter. Now, the first two hitters, he didn't have great confidence in that slider. He struck them out with fastballs upstairs. He's got a good one, 95 to 96. Very tough to hit. Really climbs on top of you. And I thought maybe after giving up those two home runs on Thursday on sliders, did he lose confidence? You don't want to lose confidence on a pitch that has been so successful for you. Well, guess what? He strikes out the last hitter in daily, in delay, actually, on that slider down and in. So it was nice to see him get that strikeout. That will give him confidence, say, hey, you know what? I still have that slider in my back pocket. And I probably should talk about another gentleman, too. He was one for three today, two-run home run, first home run of the season at home, Luis Arise. Average sticks down to 401, but I think that's A-OK. I I think that'll work. Uh, You know, the 401, that'll work. He gets a fastball, was supposed to be away, and, you know, Bitto from the other side for the Pirates, five and two-thirds, he just made that mistake, and it was a fastball that was supposed to be away. Well, it leaked in, and Arise turned on it, and he crushed it. He knew it. You know, he stood around the plate, watched it go out, and then how about the bat flip? Yep. I mean, that went about 50 feet in the air, it yeah. seemed. It was a good one. Man, it's, uh, it's a fun night at the ballpark. Marlins now 3-3 three and three on the homestand. Opportunity tomorrow to knock, I just tweeted this out, to knock another week off the calendar and finish it in a better position in which you started it. Yeah, good homestand. I mean, you would love to have a good homestand. You don't want to even this series. You probably went into this series with the Pirates thinking, okay, we got to win three out of four. You have that opportunity tomorrow because then you go on the road, you play a very hot team in the Red Sox, and then you go to Atlanta. So really nice to try to get this win tomorrow and go on the road trip, at least on a happy note, have that off day on Boston. Get ready for the Red Sox on Tuesday. All right, Nelly, good stuff. I'll see you tomorrow afternoon. Absolutely, Kyle. It's Jeff Nelson. I'm Kyle Seeloff. Highlights from this ball game tonight. We didn't have any until the fifth inning. Certainly worth noting that Osvaldo Beto went five and two-thirds for the Pirates to start, and Brian Hoeing was sensational. He tossed five shutout innings for the Miami Marlins today, and he was in line for a victory going to the top of the sixth inning after, in the bottom of the fifth, John Birdie, Started the fifth with a single, and that brought Luisa Rise to the plate. Maybe in the last couple weeks. Stays put, and the pitch. Swung on, hit high and deep. Right field. See you later, Luisa Rise. Into the seats and right. It's his third home run of the season. The Marlins jump out to a 2-0 lead here in the fifth. And, oh, man, that one looked like it was going to hold for a while. The Marlins would carry a 2-0 lead to the top of the eighth inning this afternoon. Dylan Floro came in the ball game for Miami. He struck out Josh Palacios looking, allowed a double to Andrew McCutcheon, and after a line out by Connor Joe to right field with two outs, McCutcheon still at second base. Carlos Santana was the batter. Here's the 0-1, and Santana with a broken bat shot through the left side to base hit. McCutcheon rounding third. He's going to score. This is a 2-1 ball game now here in the eighth. So that made it 2-1, to one, and it would stay that way going to the top of the ninth inning this afternoon. I should mention that Tanner Scott, after the Santana single, came in and relieved Dylan Floro. He got Key Brian Hayes to fly out to center field. Top of the ninth inning in a 2-1 to one game, 
Tanner Scott was asked today to get four outs and collect his first four-out save of the season, his second as a Miami Marlin. It looked pretty good to start. Henry Davis grounded out to second. Rodolfo Castro struck out swinging. The count was nothing and two on Nick Gonzalez, playing in a second game of his major league career. In an 0-2 count, Gonzalez drew a walk in the top of the ninth inning, and that set the table for the Pirates' backup catcher, Jason DeLay, facing Tanner Scott. Representing the go-ahead run, here's a swing of the line, drive down the left field line, that's a fair ball! Rolling down the left field line into the corner, Gonzalez is flying, he's going to score! The Pirates are going to tie the game in the top of the ninth inning! A disastrous top of the ninth inning. Tanner Scott would strike out Josh Palacios looking. The inning is over, was over, but the damage was done. Marlins were 34-0 and leading after eight innings yesterday. A.J. Puck coughed it up in the ninth yesterday. Tanner Scott let it slip away in the ninth inning here today. So the job was not done. The work was not finished. Marlins had an opportunity in the bottom of the ninth inning. They had runners at first and second base. Jacob Stallings led off the bottom of the ninth inning with a single. Garrett Hampson pinch ran for him. And then after a ground out by John Birdie, placed Hampson at second. Luis Arise was intentionally walked. Jonathan Davis flew out shallow to left field. And Brian De La Cruz smoked a ball at Nick Gonzalez at second. They had him played perfectly up the middle of the diamond. The Marlins could not walk things off in the bottom of the ninth. But they would in this ballgame. Top of the 10th inning, we would go. The place runner at second base was Palacios. The pitcher for the Marlins was Oscar Brazoban. He walked the leadoff man, Andrew McCutcheon. And then with a couple of outs after he collected an out with Joe and Santana batting, the batter was Key Brian Hayes. Dangerous pitch. Here it is. Hayes swings and hits a line drive over the head of Joey Wendell into left field. De La Cruz is on the baseball. Here comes a throw in towards the plate. It's not in time. Scoring from second base, Palacios, the free runner. And the Pirates take a 3-2 lead here at the top of the 10th inning. That is a massive. So it was 3-2 Pirates lead going to the bottom of the 10th inning. David Bednar, who closed out the 9th inning and who closed out the ball game yesterday for the Pirates, stayed on for the 10th. The placed runner... In the bottom of the 10th inning was Brian De La Cruz. Jesus Sanchez grounded out to shortstop. That allowed De La Cruz to go to third. He was there with one out. Garrett Cooper drew a walk. The Marlins had runners on first and third with one out, down one in the bottom of the 10th, and Yuli Gurriel was at the plate. Second baseman Gonzalez. Oh, one swung on hit in the air. Center field. Palacios is there. This is probably going to tie the ball game. He is shy of the warning track. He makes the catch. Tagging from third and scoring is Brian De La Cruz. It's a sack fly for Yuli Gurriel. His terrific day continues. The Marlins have tied this thing at three here in the bottom of the 10. That was a really nice at bat for Yuli Gurriel, who finished his day today two for four with an RBI, a single, and a double. Joey Wendell. Grounded out to first, and the Marlins got a run, and they did not. They did it without a hit in the bottom of the 10th inning, but they tied the ball game off one of the best closers in baseball, David Bednar. So these went to 11 around here. Andrew Nardi, who coughed up the ball game on Thursday, came in for the Marlins. I shouldn't say he coughed up. He allowed the two runs. Well, yeah, he, he allowed the two home runs in the top of the eighth inning on Thursday. That was before the Marlins had their five-run six at bottom of the eighth inning in dramatic fashion to win it on Thursday. But here on this Saturday at Lone Depot Park, top of the 11th inning, the placed runner at second base was G1 Bay running in 
favor of Henry Davis. Andrew Nardi came in the ball game. He struck out Rodolfo Castro. He struck out Nick Gonzalez. He punched out the side by striking out Jason DeLay. Andrew Nardi with an incredible bounce back performance here in the top of the 11th inning at Lone Depot Park tonight. So that opened the door for the Marlins in the bottom of the 11th inning. The placed runner facing Angel Perdomo was Joey Wendell. Nick Fortes dropped down a bunt that maybe trickled 18 inches out in front of the plate. It was his first career sacrifice bunt. Jason DeLay absolutely had a play on Wendell at third. He didn't take it. He took the easy out at first. So Wendell was at first base in the bottom of the 11th inning with one out. John Birdie was the batter. The infield was drawn in for Pittsburgh. Here is the 2-1 pitch. Birdie swings. Line drive right field. This baby is over. It's the fourth walk-off win of the season for the Marlins. John Birdie is the hero. And the Marlins walk off the Pirates 4-3 in 11. How about that? John Birdie, the hero, his first career walk-off base hit. And the Marlins wrap up another crazy game. Their fourth walk-off victory of the season. Now 4-2 and two in X-rating affairs. And the Marlins beat the Pirates, courtesy of John Birdie and company, by a final score of 4-3 to three here today. Taking a look at the totals from this ballgame for you for Pittsburgh. Three runs, six hits, no errors, 11 men left on base. And for the Marlins, four runs, 12 hits, no errors, 12 men left on base. Marlins were one for nine with runners in scoring position tonight. The lone hit is the only one that matters here this evening. John Birdie's clutch walk-off opposite field single in the bottom of the 11th inning. And for the Miami Marlins, the victory tonight, now 44-34. and 34. They're back to 10 games over 500 this season. And for the Pirates, 35-41. and 41. Started this ballgame at 4-10, finished at 7-18. Total time of game, 3 hours and 8 minutes. And we did so today in front of 24,668 at Lone Depot Park. A terrific crowd on hand. Vista level opened here at the ballpark today. Fans were just scattered all over the building and they get to witness a walk-off victory for the Marlins, a dramatic 11-inning walk-off victory for Miami. For the Marlins today, let's count them out. Five, six, seven, eight, nine. That is nine punch-outs for this Marlins pitching staff, and that means that $225 will be donated to AutoNation's Drive Pink Initiative to fight against cancer. For every strikeout this season, $25 will be donated to the Drive Pink Initiative. Okay, Kyle, thank you. Let's head down and listen to what Skip Schumacher had to say following the 4-3 win over the Pirates. Uh, Skip, we'll, we'll start with the resiliency of this ball club. It just seems to be the theme of this entire year. Just where, where does that resiliency come from? The clubhouse, the, the leaders in the clubhouse, the Guriels, the Seguros that are still on the bench, the Garcia is still on the bench, um, even though they've been you know on the IL for a period of time and you see that they're always trying to encourage and, and pump up. And I said it a few days ago, when you have walked off or beat teams late early in the season, you believe you can do it. And even though we've had a couple tough, you know, late inning, um, either tie, tie the game up or, you know, they take the lead, um, the guys just feel like they're going to come back and at least tie it. And um, so it, it comes from the leadership. It's nothing I'm doing. It's, it's the leadership in that, in that clubhouse. How about the ability to execute there at the end between Yuli with the sack fly, um, Fortes there with the bunt, and then, of course, Birdie coming through the bag at the end? Yeah, and Sanchez getting him over. I think that, you know, there's a few really good baseball plays that, um, you know, you mentioned it. Sometimes it doesn't 
pop up in the box score of how big those plays are. Um, but, you know, Fortes, uh, great bunt. Um, Yuli against Bednar, who's one of the better closers in the league, getting a fly ball deep enough to score someone. By the way, he took a great at-bats all game long um, and doing an excellent job all year just coming off the bench and look up and a couple hits um, every time it feels like. And then, yeah, birdie with the big hit going the other way, staying on, um, you know, really good lefty. That's uh, can be tough, you know, with the cutters in on righties. And um, so, yeah, just the game usually tells you what to do in those in those moments. And, um, you know, Sanchez didn't just try to get him over. He tried to get him over and in. He tried to hit it hard, and he did. Bednar got a, uh, you know, glove on it. Um, so, yeah, just a lot of good baseball plays today. Andrew Nardi's um, oh. uh, striking outside the 11th to keep it tied and then set up the bottom half. Just it's been really good. I mean, he gave up a home run the other day, and uh, he couldn't wait to get back up on the mound. And it just shows you what kind of – I'm not going to say the word, but guts that he has um, because he's he's been – he wants those moments and, um, you know, leverage type of moments, and they all do in the bullpen. I mean, every guy, it feels like we've thrown him in there in, in a really tough situation before at some point uh, in the season, and they've come through. And Nardi's definitely done that when – especially when you don't know what you're going to get out of spring training. At least I didn't. I didn't know we were going to get out of spring, and all of a sudden he's out there in, in late leverage inning games and – you know, getting a one, two, three right there, giving us a chance to win the game in the bottom half. That inning was huge. Arias, uh, home run and the bat flip. Uh, thoughts on both? He told Pipe that he was going to hit a home run that next at bat. So he hasn't done that all year. He did it and again. He, the guy just tells you what he's going to do every single time, and he does it. And I, I just, I kind of a loss for what's happening because it's almost July and he's still calling his shot. It's just, it's wild. Uh, I don't even. I don't even know what to say. I mean, I said uh, in pregame that, you know, he had three hits yesterday and no one even asked me about it. And that's just where he's at. Um, so he's, uh, he's a phenomenal player. And, um, yeah, we've definitely been riding him. Uh, hoeing five no-hit innings after four. Shia will start before just the value he's bringing to you, especially with you needing it in a rotation right now with the injuries you guys have. Man, Just we, what you've been doing. Yeah, we, we really needed him to step up. And I, you know, we've kind of like Brax. It was like end the bullpen, long man, spot starts, and all of a sudden you look up and he's like giving you really quality outing after outing. And you know, I I don't know where we would have gone honestly, like because he's throwing ninety five mile an hour, ninety six mile an hour sinkers. It feels like he's getting stronger in the third and fourth inning. Even though he had a long inning in between. Um, we came back out in the fifth and looked really good. I mean, the sinker was really good. The slider behind the count, I thought the split change was excellent today. Um, yeah, he's he's just growing and maturing. He knows he can do it. Now I think that's probably the biggest difference from, like, maybe last year to this year is, like, now he knows that he's a big leaguer and he can throw quality inning after quality inning and give us a chance. And, yeah, when he gives five innings, when you know, it's for when you have 60 to 70 pitches – man that's that's huge for us and I don't know I mean we don't use Nardi you know that late he's probably already burnt um so it, it helped us um if guys give up runs ran you know Flo or Scott and they're going to give up runs um and that's going to happen at times and you know we still have guys in the back end because he gave us five innings um to to end the game Spo in the stands are you gonna get to say hi to him I was kind of hoping before he was going to come in, but he didn't, Jason. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he, okay. Um, but 
but yeah, I saw him, uh, kind of like a man crush. I was like trying to wave, but he wasn't way, he didn't wave back. Uh, but yeah, I saw him. Can I ask you about the, the crowd tonight? Almost 25,000. Obviously, a team winning, Puerto Rican heritage, and all of that. So, just to play in this type of atmosphere at this time of the year, how does that feel? You felt it. No doubt you felt it. I went to a couple WBC games. It felt like uh, that type of atmosphere. Um, there's instruments all over the place going on for nine innings, which is great. It was loud. The guys were excited. You feel that as a player. I mean, it is, it, you know, when you are 80 games in or, you know, close to 80 games in and, you know, a day game after night game and you're not feeling great and you have 25,000 people come, like it, it gives you that adrenaline that maybe you, you know, you didn't have, you know, coming into the game and, um, an excellent crowd, a lot of fun. Felt like we had to win in front of that crowd, so they come back, which was important. Um, but yeah, it was a fun day today. Skip, you've been a part of winning clubs in the past. What similarities do you see with this club to those that you've been in the past? With? Every game you win or lose, you're in the fight. Uh, even last night, you know, tough loss, really tough loss. We were in the fight, you know, the whole game. Um, we come back, or we come back tonight or today, and uh, score a couple early. Give up the lead. We still have the. We're still fighting, and um, you know we could have easily folded after they scored a run. Um, fight backs tied up, ended up winning the game. Um, you know that just you talked about resiliency, and that's exactly what that is. And winning teams have that the, the ability to come back and fight and be able to punch back is is a big deal uh, in the game, and and we've been doing it. It was another great start by Brian Hoeing. He goes five innings, no hits, no runs, two punch outs. Let's hear what Brian had to say following his start. Brian, uh, five shutout innings, didn't allow a hit, walked a couple, but how would you compare this outing to the first? Thought it was another good step in the right, another step in the right direction. Um, like you mentioned, the the walks are not ideal, especially as a starter. You want to go as long as you can, and the walks definitely increase my pitch count. But other than that, I was happy with how it went. I thought Stallings and I went a really good, really good page. Um, I implemented my changeup tonight for a little bit more than last time, so that was uh, made it a little bit easier. Um, but overall, I was pleased with how it went, and it was nice to get a win. And how confident did you feel in that changeup? Skip said he loved it. As you said, you got, um, I think, a strikeout on that pitch. So I did, yeah. I started throwing it two days ago in my bullpen, and Mel and I were looking at the uh, analytics of it and just, like, the eye test of it, and it was working out really well in the bullpen. And to the point where we were like, let's just throw that thing on Saturday. And so we were, we were going into the start, going to throw the new changeup, and... After I, after I threw the first one, I forget what inning it was in, but it felt good coming out of the hand and it had good movement on it. And so that first one gave me the confidence to keep throwing it again after that. What's the main thing you take away from a start like this? Ooh, I would just say um, attacking the hitters like, like, like I always do. Uh, I know today, uh, not so much with the three walks. That's not who I pride myself in. I'm always kind of been known to be a strike thrower, so that was uncharacteristic. But I thought the defense behind me made some really good plays. And um, overall, I just want to take some of the uh, strengths from this and into my next start if that's an opportunity I can get. So you just, was it scary trying to like throw a new pitch in the game? <laughs> like just, you know, throwing, I mean, Braxton obviously has done it now yeah. too, so no big deal, but like, no. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you know, as pitchers, we kind of always mess around with pitches in the outfield, so it's, Kind of like, you know, how about this grip? How about that grip? And we're always just kind of tweaking with our pitches. So I have thrown that before, just not in the game. And um, it got to the point where I was just kind of fed up with my old changeup grip. It wasn't very consistent for me. 
and it needed a change. And so, the, like I said in the bullpen the other day, I looked at I looked at Mel and I said, "What about a split change of?" Um, I've toyed around with it a little bit in the outfield. Like it's got decent movement on it. I've never thrown it actually off the mound. Um, and then we threw a couple good ones in the bullpen, and just like that, um, I guess I, I adjusted on the fly and it kind of rolled with it. Brian, how much did last year help you in getting ready for this year? Just learning what it takes to be up here now, yeah. seeing some seeing the results coming. Yeah, I think the struggles of last year um, made me better for this year. Um, you know. Life isn't always perfect. Baseball's not always perfect. It's a very tough game. <clears throat> so last year when I was, you know, struggling a little bit, going through some tough patches, I think that kind of motivated me into the off season um, and and try to to try to find ways to get better in the, in the areas that I wasn't great at last year. And um, I've always I've mentioned before um, the game has slowed down for me a little bit this year. Last year was was fast paced for me. So I think just the experience that I've had this year, the more innings, the more opportunities, the trust with the uh, coaching staff in me has allowed me to kind of. Um, settle my feet and um, just kind of go out there and compete. If you could speak to the kind of next man up thing, I mean, you're in the rotation because of the injuries. Braxton technically, you know, Birdie's in there because of Segura. Just right. what is it about maybe the mentality of this team or that you know, everyone's kind of... Yeah, I think it's just everybody's playing for the guy next to them. It's not about anybody being about themselves. It's playing for the teammate next to you, your brother next to you. And we find ourselves in a really good situation here, almost heading into the All-Star break. I think we're really playing well as a team together right now. And like you, like we just mentioned, those guys stepping in for each other, whether they be the pitchers or the position players, we've all done a really good job of kind of picking each other up when we need it the most. Um, Brian, you mentioned your walks, two of them going up um, with Andrew McCutcheon. Were you trying something different going up against Cuts, or it's just one of the best players you know of this decade? Yeah, yeah. No, I'll tip my cap to him. He had some really good takes on me. Um, some takes where I was hoping that he would swing and he just wasn't swinging. Um, I fell behind and like you said, he's a he's a great hitter. So I didn't want to throw him a cookie down the middle, down 2-0, 3-0. Um, I kind of caught myself nitpicking a little bit, a little bit too much with him. And that's not a guy you want on the base because once he gets on bases, he can steal too. So I was not happy about walking him twice. Luckily enough, I was able to get out of that situation. I had a chance to catch up with Andrew Nardi. He struck out the side in the 11th inning. Just a phenomenal season for Andrew Nardi. I caught up with him after the game. Here's that conversation right now. Yep, thank you very much, Kyle. Uh, Andrew, three strikeouts in that inning. What was the game plan going into that? Uh, just get locked right in and attack him. Uh, as long as I can get first pitch strikes, uh, just keep attacking. Uh, it's just going to go my way. 24 years old. What does it mean to you to get these high leverage situations this season? Uh, I think, I mean, it's awesome. Uh, I feel truly blessed uh, that Skip trusts me in these situations. Uh, just can't be more grateful. And how happy were you for John Birdie, who delivered the big hit here late in the game? Yeah, uh, I, I was so happy. I was sitting on the bench, and I jumped up and smoked my head on the roof of the dugout. So. Yeah, very excited, bro. Go, go get that checked out. We need you, Nardi. <laughs> thank you, thank you. All right, Kyle, back to you. All right, we're right back at it. Marlins looking to win three out of four before we head out on a six-game road trip to Boston, Atlanta. It'll be Yuri Perez that takes him out. It's going to be a 141st pitch from Lone Depot Park, which means I've got Marlins on deck at 110. I hope everyone can join us or just come to the ballpark. How about the crowd we had yesterday on Saturday afternoon? Come out and support your Miami Marlins, 10 games over 500. As always, thanks for for winding with us. Let's flip the M together, Miami. It's the Marlins Radio Network, driven by AutoNation.